0: How's it going? Oh man, hearing yourself talk is the worst. I often, so I don't know if you guys know, but me and my lovely girlfriend are, uh, we live four hours apart. And so when we FaceTime and then I can hear myself talking like through the FaceTime, I just hang up and call her back to try to fix the problem. But here, I cannot just hang up. Um, Man, how is everybody? How are you guys doing? this guy's got to say something come on oh man it's been a while since i've been up here and the nerves have not gone away at all um but man like i said it's been a while and i just want to catch you guys up on some of the things that i've been doing so as many of the parents in the room know and watching some at like midway through semester this whole covid thing hit and like school went online in like a week so went from online class or in-person classes to online classes which was like whack and i know that's a big transition for elementary middle school and high school kids Um, but man as a college student with some old professors the transition to online was interesting because they didn't know how to use the internet but you know it is what it is um and then on august 1st um, i'm actually moving into a house with much of my bros from high or not high school not high school um, but from college and uh, we're going to be living together just trying to further our faith and also we're going to be trying to do some cool things in Manhattan, um, just this six Christian dudes living in Manhattan going to try to better the community, as the kids say. But here we go, we're going we're to go ahead and jump into this, so get ready. I'll try to walk a little slower. I have, I have, I have boundaries now because there's a, there's a camera, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, But man, before we get started, I do have some quick questions I want to ask you guys. My first question is, why are you here? Like, what's your reason? Why are you watching live? What makes you get up in the morning and come to church? My second question is, when your friend calls you, do you answer it? My last question is, what are some things that you just don't leave the house without? As you ponder your own answers to those questions, um, I would like you guys to turn into your Bibles or open up your little Bible app on your phone to Ephesians 6, verse 15. And that verse reads, "And to shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. Now, it's very short. And I'm not gonna lie, when Ronnie gave me this verse, I struggled with how to give a 20 to 30-minute sermon. And granted, this sermon is not gonna be that long, so... Thank you later. But I struggled with how to give a sermon on a passage of less than 20 words. I mean, and it, like, it's 20 words, but like only four or five of those words are like actually meaningful. But as I began to pick this passage apart, I realized just how much I underestimated these words. I mean, from the very first word, and... This, this word signifies that there are other pieces. And then as we read this verse and we get this idea of the continuing on with the armor of God, we realize that none of this armor is to be worn without the other pieces. It is a suit, it is to be worn together. And then if you jump to the last few words, gospel of peace, I mean we are literally putting on armor for some kind of war and now we're talking about peace. I don't know about you guys, but when I read that, I was kind of getting a little bit of some mixed signals from Paul. But let's quit picking this thing apart and let's just jump into it. So I want to jump into one of those questions that I just asked you. If your friend calls, do you answer? I'm sure most of you guys would say, well, like, duh, Kev, of course. They're my friend. Why wouldn't I answer? If I was to take it even a step further and say, if that friend was stuck on the side of the road or something and they needed you, you would go help them, right? Again, most of you would probably say, yeah, they're my friend. I know that these seem like simple questions with simple answers, but isn't God a friend? Like, the friend of friends? So why, when he calls, do we let it ring, or say, I can't, or that's not me, or who am I to go do that thing? Now, before I get any farther, I know it may seem easy, For me to stand up here and say that the church needs to answer God's calls or Christians need to answer God's calls. Um, But I can assure you it's not, partly because of the nerves, because I'm literally shaking, Um, but mostly because of a young man's story. Now, this young man used to be a real tool shed. Um, Partying, drinking, sex were regularly occurring things in his life. Um, Then he met a couple of solid dudes and had a couple great conversations, which led to a baptism. And like, woo, you know, like, it's like, great thing, right? You know, so far, so good. Um, But man, he came out of the water to a ringing phone. And he knew that that phone would not stop ringing until he answered it. But instead, he reverted back to his tool shed ways and ran away. Ran to every door he could just to have them slam in his face. I mean, literally, any way out that he could find, he tried to until all the doors were closed and he was forced to answer that call now his call was into vocational ministry to work in a church now i'm sure you guys have put two and two together but that guy was me i was a tool shed and still am to some people Lindsey landreth Um, i ignored my call into ministry that's the most important part i ignored my call until i couldn't anymore and yet answering it was one of the most important things and one of the greatest things that has ever happened to me so I just want you guys to, to know not to ignore your call. Don't ignore your call. Now, I'm not saying that you're called to work in a church. Not everybody's called to work in a church. I get it. But I am saying that we are all called to ministry. We are all called to love each other. And that's super important. I, have, I actually have a pretty neat story about just being called to ministry, not even in a church setting, um, and to give you some like context to the story before I start, it was about me and this young man that I've still never met before. Um, but in the college dorm, we are a bunch of college dudes who just play video games. It's pretty much everything that everybody does. Um, and one of the favorite games that we play is called Call of Duty. And on this game, we talk about communication, like there's, like there's open lines to chat with other people and that like, you, like, talk like this with a headset on, and you're just gaming, you can't hear anything, you're just, like, sucked in. For sure most of the parents of, like, middle school and high school kids know what I'm talking about. But anyway, this communication is designed to be able to talk about strategy and to, like, be able to say, like, oh, hey, I got killed over here, the enemy's over here, blah, 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 blah. But I'm sure as you guys could imagine, a bunch of people from different backgrounds and different beliefs, there's a lot of, like, cussing and screaming and just straight-up trash-talking on this game, so much so that, honestly, I usually play with no audio, and so do most of the guys in the dorms. But I got to thinking about it one day, and I said, man, like, if we can talk to each other, why not use that for something good? Like, why not talk to these people about Jesus? And I thought about that for a couple days, and I even brought it up to the guys in the dorms. Most of them laughed and said, good luck, kid. But I said, okay, well, I'm gonna do it. So i got on and i started playing played for a couple hours and i'm not going to break down all the numbers for you guys but i played like i said for a couple hours and talked to briefly over 100 people till finally a voice came on and said are you serious i said yeah man of course i am i'd love to sit down and talk with you about jesus So that led to a couple more hours of talking and even choosing to be on each other's team even though we both sucked at the game. So we basically just died the whole time and talked about Jesus. Um, And come to find out that young man just in, in his home and where he was just didn't feel like he had the support to talk about Jesus, didn't feel like he had the support to further his faith. He didn't know how to take the next step. He'd been introduced to a youth group, but he wasn't going regularly. And so, man, even to this day, we still talk about that. And granted, we talk a little less than we did, but it's because he's in a better place. He started going to youth group. So basically the moral of the story there is, if I wouldn't have answered that weird little thought in my head of, like, if I take this horrible game, this bad game, and try to turn it into something good, I would not have this story to talk about this young man, and he wouldn't have a weird testimony of saying, yeah, I met some guy on a random game that lives... 14 hours away from me and now I know Jesus or I mean I know that's a little like specific but I know that we all have a coworker. we all have jobs with that job we have co-workers obviously Kevin but I'm sure we all have that one person who we get this weird feeling about that we just need to go talk to him. we just need to go be with them and just like I said just talk with them and in my case, I've, I've tried to do that. I have many coworkers that I just talk to on, on a regular basis. And when I bring up Jesus, it's been met with more, with more questions and skepticism than anything. I mean, even throwing the possibilities of other beliefs or religions um, as possible options or answers to what I'm telling them. But instead of giving up on those people or moving on and saying, well, Jesus can't do anything in their life, we need to embrace that. We need to embrace those questions because at the end of the day, I have questions and I'm sure all of you still have questions about what we're doing. So instead of running away, we need to answer our call to talk to those people and we need to love those people. We need to answer our calls to help them answer theirs. Now granted, I've been talking a whole lot about calling and making it sound super easy, but it may not be all sunshine and rainbows. I mean, look at Paul, the guy that literally wrote Ephesians. I mean, he was the Hebrew of Hebrews. This man was, sorry guys, messed up, lost my place, sorry. Okay, here we go. Um, so I've talked a lot about calling and, and phone calls and that kind of thing. Um, But man, I'm sure if you guys look back in Ephesians 6, 15, I'm sure you could triple read it. I've read it probably a hundred times in the last two months, and nowhere in it does it talk anything about phones. But it does talk about readiness and sandals. Now, I don't know about you guys, but the bottom of my feet, they're pretty sensitive. Um, They they get cut up really easy, and when I walk on rocks, I look like a little kid trying to run to the bathroom. So that's why I put on my shoes. Also, I guess it's like a courtesy because I've heard my feet smell, but it's mainly just because I don't want to walk around. like. Um, But this idea of being ready or signifying readiness by tying your shoes is super neat to me. Um, Like as I began preparing this sermon, I became hyper aware that as I get ready and as I put my things together to leave the house, one of the last things I do or the last thing that I do is put on my shoes signifying Signifying readiness. Now Paul here in this verse also throws out this idea that this readiness has been given to us by something. And he says the gospel, the gospel of peace. Or in other words, our readiness, in our readiness, we can find peace in the gospel which is found in Jesus, who has been through far worse than we have and still chose to die for us. So when we are called and we move, we can find peace and comfort knowing Jesus is on our side. Now, this is where I messed up at. So now we're back on track. Now, I know that it kind of sounds easy for me to stand up here and say, oh, this is going to be super, it's going to be no big deal. You just jump into your calling and it'll be be great. But it's not going to be all sunshine and rainbows. Look at Paul, the guy riding this. This man was the Hebrew of Hebrews. This man was the top of the social class, the top of the political class. He was the guy. And he's riding into the city. And all of a sudden, his hand comes out of nowhere and slaps him off his donkey, okay? And then blinds him. Now, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but if I get slapped off a donkey and blinded, I don't think that he had much of a choice but to answer his call. Now, what's weird about Paul is he went from being this great man, the top of the food chain, to answering this call and being persecuted the rest of his life. I mean, he went from being the persecutor to being the persecuted, even ending up on prison, even ending up in prison on multiple occasions, and yet we still refer to him as one of the greatest Christians of all time. So understand that in answering your call, it may not be easy all the time, and it definitely may not be fun. There's been times where the middle schoolers make me want to drop kick them. But it's not about us. It's about bringing the. It's about bringing glory to God, and that is why Paul is considered one of the greatest. Because in everything he did, it was about God. You see, Church, when writing and planning this sermon, I had true deep feelings of inadequacy, so much so that, man, I even asked a professor of mine if I could call him and, and for help because I didn't know where to go. I, I didn't know how to bring glory to God in less than 20 words. And, man, as, as that time came for the phone call, I literally had my phone in my hand and I couldn't call him. I, I looked at the time, it was five o'clock, and I said, man, he's expecting a phone call from me, and I just couldn't do it. Because I had these thoughts of, who am I to give a message on something that truly, depending on the day, I still struggle with. Still struggle with knowing that I am called to work in a church. I'm called to lead a bunch of middle schoolers and high schoolers. But man, I I found, so I was sitting there and I was was struggling through this phone call. and, And honestly, I didn't call him. I just put my phone down and walked away. And instead, I found myself in a place where I knew could help. Now, usually this is where people say, oh, I found myself in the red lettering, um, which is a good thing. I mean, the red lettering in the Bible is a pretty big deal. Um, But actually, I just found myself just a few verses after, um, in 18 through 20. So if you guys wanna read with me. um, My version says, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication to that end. Keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. And also for me that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. What's crazy about that is here Paul is. I mean, if you guys didn't know, Paul wrote Ephesians in like half of the New Testament. But... This is literally the man. Like, other than Jesus, it's kind of like Paul. You know, like he's he's a solid dude. He's just a good example of what being a Christian should look like. But here he is saying, "Pray for all of the saints and for me, for perseverance, and that I could speak as boldly as I should." Meaning, and if you think about that, like it's kind of weird because that would mean that he needs prayer for something, as in he's not doing a good enough job. Meaning that. Even Paul struggled with his calling. And I don't know about you guys, but I kind of found comfort in that. The Christian of Christians, so to speak, I mean, that really isn't a thing, but just keep up with me, um, is still struggling with his faith, or still struggling with his calling. And I found comfort in that knowing that I and that all of us are gonna struggle with our calling. But I truly believe that if we as a kingdom suit up in our holy armor and stand ready with peace only given by the gospel, we could truly change the world. But I think as Christians in a culture who mocks religion, our hearts have been hardened and our ringers have been turned off. Our feet have become soft. So like Paul said, pray for the saints. But who are those? Well, I think that the saints are anyone who's in the kingdom. So let's truly pray for each other's growth and willingness to answer our calls. Let's pray that we can stand ready together. Let's have those conversations with our brothers and sisters about becoming ready. Let's begin moving towards God's orders and to God's orders instead of the world's. And I get it, this passage may talk about preparing the feet, but readiness is truly a heart issue. So let's get our hearts and feet moving towards God. Now, we're at the end. So before I go, I have one thing that I'd like to leave you guys with, and also I'll invite the team forward. Um, but man, next time, you're call, next time your friend calls or you're just leaving the house and you're grabbing those things that you just can't leave the house without, such as your, your physical phone and your physical shoes, stop and take a moment and grab your spiritual ones so when God calls, we can move. Thank you.